0: This is Raw Cut.
1: Welcome to Life Bus. I'm Sarah.
0: And I'm Matt, and today, a familiar voice on community radio.
1: Yes, this is Life Bus. Thanks for joining us today. Whether you're listening to us on podcast or video podcast on YouTube, Facebook, or maybe even community radio or television, today joining us is a familiar voice on community radio—the one and only Johnny. Thanks for coming
2: in. Hey guys, how you doing?
1: Good. Thank you. Let's start at the very beginning of very your beginning. Life. Oh, wow. Yeah, very beginning. It's of A long your way life.
2: away now. Twenty-seven yes. years. It feels like a long way for me, but <laughs> um, yeah. Well. Obviously, like you said, I'm in radio now, but before that, I was the quietest kid going around, hated talking to people. Really? Very shy. Wow,
1: okay. You wouldn't,
2: this is the first time ever being on, actually not the first time being on camera, I was about six years old, I was on a TV show once. Oh, there you go. A little segment on a um, yeah. kid's show, it was cool, but. Uh,
1: what was the kid's show? It
2: was called, I think it was bookworm from the memory oh yes. yes i
1: remember bookworm
2: yeah they came to my school and they asked me to, to, uh, to talk about what uh, pets i had and as a kid Amazing. i was there for about five minutes talking about quails and all these different pets i had but um, i only used 10 seconds of it <laughs> I <laughs> on too much. but uh no my obviously my um i come from a background of a very tight-knit family italian family so um, growing up as a kid Different childhood to most would normally have, and there's not really any. No one really has a normal childhood. Everyone's different. Once you grow up, you realise that. And um, I grew up um, with two older, three older brothers. One passed away uh, two when I was two years old from leukemia. So growing up as a kid, it was a. We grew up very tight, close with our families. And then my grandmother was in a wheelchair. She had brain tumours, so she was in. um, My we used to go and visit her every single day for. all my childhood so it was a different type of um life we live so every day after school three o'clock we'll go there visit him. so very very much like um like a different set of pa- another set of parents for me mm-hmm. as well so um that was very different growing up um and then when i was about 14 both my grandparents passed away within 10 weeks of each other mm-hmm. so that changed everything uh for me with the it's a hard time to get over like trying to not I'm not that was we had lost my brother, so I'd grown up with that. But this was the first one that I actually was could remember. I was 14 years old. It's about 13 years ago now, and um, that kind of changed a lot for me at that at that point. Cause I was still in high school, um, first year of high school, and, and then from there, um, I was still a very quiet kid at school. Bit of a class clown when I was around people with I uh, knew and comfortable with, mm-hmm. but um, around new people, I would hate going to the shops, hate walking around, hate being myself. And, um, but then it kind of, uh, then um well, about after leaving school, I decided to let my hair grow. And um, yeah, so it's, you learn different things when things like that happen to you. And I like going, th- going back and thinking and talking about that kind of stuff because it it actually shapes who you are and remembering that kind of stuff is actually, it's a good thing because you, you learn different things about yourself and your family, brings you closer together as well, those type of events that happen
1: yeah we'll explore that a little bit later on in the story but um just before we started recording you were telling us about your name and about your other siblings (laughs) names talk us through because johnny's not really italian
2: yeah well a lot of people think it's either jonathan or giovanni which is a normal like an italian name giovanni giovanni is it's like the italian version of johnny it's not exactly but it is um, but for me, I got my brothers are Antonio, Franco, and R- Rosario—all very Italian names. And uh, for me, when it got to me, they ran out of names to um, that people to name me after. Really? <laughs> Two older brothers <laughs> named after my grandparents, and their middle names are named after my uncles. What are and their then, middle names? Um, you, one of them is Eugenio, and the other one's Eugene. Eugino, uh, sorry. So they've got the um, yeah, so Italian names as well. And then the Rosario is named after my dad. He's the one that uh, passed away, sadly, when he was uh, five years old. But then they got to me and my mum liked Johnny. And my dad, he loves Elvis. So he, Elvis's middle name is Aaron. So they call me Johnny Aaron. Okay. So yeah, I'll share a little bit of my name with uh, with Elvis. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Flames of fame. Yeah, so.
1: What did you do with your brothers growing up as a kid?
2: Well. Um, Besides
1: seeing your grandparents.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things going. Um, but we were always very closer to my grandparents so there's a little bit of a connection there. We, um, we used to cook a lot so we loved cooking me and my brothers um, because of the big age gap between myself and my the older two were twins so they got along very well then the uh, one passed away was in between so he I had a big age group so when they were liking going out and playing in sport I wanted to be inside playing with toys then when I got to that stage they were moved on to playstations and stuff like that so we didn't really. Um, it was a bit of a different one growing up, but um, cooking was the one thing we always loved Brought doing. It again. Yeah, and cooking this is together. Good Italian cooking. Could yeah. We still we still do it today. We all get together and cook, and I, that's my only thing that I've realised that I switch off with. Everything else I do, I'm, my mind's always ticking and going nuts. <laughs> but when it comes to cooking, my switch off completely and just enjoy it. It's great. I was actually just cooking before I came here to shoot this as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: So what uh, what were
0: some of the things as a kid you were cooking? Were you yeah. taught to do that, or is it just something that just naturally was well, um, what
2: the family did? It was taught. Um, my grandmother taught. She was because um, she was in a wheelchair, so she used to do all that kind of stuff. Uh, still was able to cook, so we used to cook with her. So some of the favorite things were pizzas, pastas, all different types of stuff like, and even um, like pickling vegetables and stuff like learning all those type of things it was great. And we still do it today. The traditions of making the sausages and the um, the tomato sauce wine we still make our wine every uh every year so those traditions we still try and keep keep going with our family it's great and um
1: what's the process of making a sausage sausage well
2: the the old school thing was to get the pig from straight from the farm but now we do it goes to the butcher get it and we cut it up ourselves and then you process it make all the um put all spices through it let it sit for uh, overnight the next day you start you put it into the uh, the skins Then we hang it up. Then my dad gets the um, bit of smoke and we cure it, and then let it go for a couple of few weeks. And then once it's, um, I think it's about last week. It was actually ours already. So we do it every July. Um, So it's a good process. I missed out on it this week, this year because um, I had work. But I um, don't. It is. It's a lot of work sometimes, but it's a lot of fun as well.
1: And what about the wine? How do you make the wine?
2: The wine. um, well, we get the, obviously get the grapes and we you crush them, let it ferment for a couple of days. But
1: where do you get the They're not just like the grapes you buy from the supermarket. No,
2: obviously not. You, you, do get, do- you go to a proper farm, you get different types of grapes. So okay. you get the Grenache, you got, they're all different types. I can't remember the ones we use. We use a, a mix of different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one with the re- most recent batch we did was from my brother's um, garden. So he's got some grapes that we had from um family friend that had a, a family... Remember they had a um, a a vineyard, mm-hmm. so we took uh, grew some of those in our backyard. So we had that much, we were able to make a nice batch of um, I think it was like a half a barrel or something of a, of wine this year. It was good, fantastic, good process. I love it. Yeah, nice. a lot of fun.
0: So something that brought you yeah, your family together, your yeah. siblings, but also uh, something that's carried on to this day. With
2: yeah, so definitely something I carried on. My um, the oldest brother, one of the all the older twin, he um. He loves doing the uh, the sausage every year. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other brother, um, he's married with kids. He, he likes doing, obviously, the, the wine a bit as well. And I love the sauce. So we, I think we've all pretty much taken on the ones that we love the most. So... I love doing the sauce every year. Every well, in that case, January.
1: take us step by step <laughs> through your secret family recipe to share with everybody. Oh, well, how
2: I'll is ca- it
1: done? You
2: can't share all your secrets.
1: But
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a dip diff- There's always um, it's a couple of processes. Me and my dad always argue on which one his way is better or my way. up. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we'll just listen to your way and then we'll ask no, like, dad his well, way. You,
2: the way you do it, you boil the um the tomatoes. You obviously you cut them into the um uh, cut the pieces up and you squash all the seeds out of it. And then you boil it up and then you put it through a machine that actually separates the, uh, the flesh from the skins. Okay. And then um, from there, you put all your salt and the um, basil and stuff like that through it and then put, um, bottle it and then put it into a big container and boil it for a few hours to seal it and, um, yeah, and then you put it away for a few, few weeks and then whenever you want to make the tomato sauce, you're ready to go and just straight from the cupboard, get your own passata and, yeah, it's great. Brilliant. So why
1: do you boil it in the bottle? Itself? Well,
2: ju- just so it just it seals it, and um, okay. and you, you know the suction cap on top. It's mm. kind of it um, it just seals it nicely, so then it doesn't go off and doesn't because if you, you know you'll see after a few months you will start to get mold on top if it's not um mm-hmm. sealed correctly or mm-hmm. um yeah so it's all those little tricks you do. It's, I interesting. I think uh, we should have got you to bring in some pots and pans and
0: yeah, we- <laughs> yeah. <enjoy>.
1: We will be back with more Life Bursts with Matt and Sarah chatting with Johnny straight after this.
3: If you like what you're hearing, please write a review of this podcast on your podcasting app, or you can share this on social media.
1: This is Life Bursts with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Johnny. Uh, Johnny, you spent a lot of time with your grandparents, and I'm really curious to know what type of things did you do with them?
2: Oh well, did heaps of things, spending time in the garden. Um, cooking. Obviously, I've mentioned cooking a lot the mm. last um, the last few minutes. And uh, but yeah, those most of the things we did with them. Like, um, was yeah, spending time in the garden, doing hands-on things. And uh, same same thing with my what my dad does now with with his grandchildren, my nephews um as well. So it's a very yeah, it was fun. A lot of good memories having Um, doing that. They had massive backyards, so spending time with the chickens and um. Digging holes in the garden—it's always good fun. Yeah.
1: So when they passed away, as you mentioned before, how did that change life for you?
2: It was hard for me personally, and um, dealing with it wasn't easy. I thought I got over it pretty easily, but um, it was actually within ten weeks. So my grandmother passed away um, the first day of school, so I didn't rock up to the first day of term one, and then my grandfather passed away on the final day of term one. So within 10 weeks, and it was very quick. And as you know, when you do things so quickly, uh, between it, it's, it feels like it's exactly the same. It's like you're reliving, reliving the same moment again because mm-hmm. everything's the same, same people. So it was very hard for me to get over it, and it took me about, I was 14 at the time, until I was about 18, and then I, thought I went and spoke to someone and started getting over things, and my confidence built up as well at that point. So um, I hated going to camp. I hated leaving home um, I'll go to mates' houses, but I wouldn't stay like overnight or anything. Um, Why was that? I just didn't like being separated from family, and then um, but there was a big thing where I, in year eleven, I went to year eleven camp for the first time, and I loved it. It was one of the biggest things I did, and that from that point is when I started getting more confidence in myself, and um, yeah, it was a huge change, and it just took a long time to get over. Obviously, when you lose someone, it's it's not easy. No. Yeah, mm, so but um but from that point there things started changing. I was um working hospitality. So from when I was 14 I was working. So just after my grandparents passed away, I got a job and then um I was working uh back of the house. But then I always wanted to go at the front but never had the confidence to do that. And then when I was 18 I decided to go for a, a traineeship and then I got a job. It was um I was just a trainee uh, barista, but I was basically doing the job of a um, an assistant um, manager. So it was good fun. I was only 18 years old and that built up my confidence. Mm-hmm. I was working with volunteers, so um, 80, 90-year-old ladies and we're having heaps of fun. So I was an 18-year-old boy working with 80, 90-year-old ladies, but it doesn't seem like it would work, but it worked very well. And I'm then, sure it would have from yeah. your background
1: with your grandparents spending <laughs> yeah. so much time yeah. with them. And it was good fun. But did that trigger anything inside of you because
2: no I loved experience? it it was good I, I really enjoyed it and yeah. um the it was it was a different to working because later on I moved into working in a um another cafe um mm. I was only there for 12 months that one but that at that point it was a lot of fun I was um they would have they had their little routines as you, as you know you probably both worked with um a lot of volunteers they have their routines they have a, a break every couple of hours they have their scones teas and talk about their life and because the cafe wasn't busy at some periods, I'll sit down with them, and they would uh we have scones together, and we're just chatting. It was good fun. It was it was different, and then that's where my, um, because now I'm a volunteer in many different things, and uh, that's where my respect for volunteers came. And I enjoyed working in They worked with hard work, harder workers. From after leaving that and working with a lot of people, they actually worked harder than some of the people that actually got paid. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of respect for those um for those people, and I actually really enjoyed I said it a lot though but it was actually a lot of fun and I reckon it it changed my views and perspective of a lot of things as well so I do recommend people volunteering because Mm. you take things um, differently with life and um, because when you do things for money it always changes your perspective on things you're always eager for more but when you're doing it for um, volunteering it's more so for love and that's you see a different side of people for that Mm. as well yeah it was good um, and then from there, I moved on to working in, um, uh, a very popular coffee chain in Adelaide, did that for four years. And then after that, I, um, pretty much hadn't, I had enough of working in life was serving people. It was the same thing, very repetitive. Mm-hmm, I want, mm-hmm. and at that point my confidence was, uh, building and I wanted to start doing what I really wanted to do was being in media and stuff like that, but I didn't know where to, where to go or. Bit of entertainment, so That's I loved. Different. Yeah, it was very different. That's but different. So, <laughs> but I grew up. My auntie and uncle as well. They were musicians, so I grew up around that as well. So, always going to their gigs when I was like eight years old. Um, what that, did you
1: play? Did you play? I anything? played
2: drums. Yeah, I did play drums. Rubber. Up. Yeah. Suck the hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> so, and then black as well. I always love wearing black. So, I've, been, I've got heaps of band t-shirts. Pretty much all of them are band t-shirts in my in my cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so then I just wanted to start getting into it, but I didn't know where to go. And I started getting a little bit up, like not enjoying making coffees as much. I love making coffees, but it was a, bit, a little bit different. And um, I wanted to do something different. And then my auntie and uncle were going to America. So I was um, really eager to go over there with him. But I was waiting. I like, just wait till you're 21. Then you can come out with us more. Go to see concerts, because a lot of the venues over there um, are 21+. plus. So... I was eager to get this. So I worked hard and hard. At one point, I was working seven days a week. So, and from the background of my family, is like very hard workers. So, um, for me, I was just very hard hard worker to try and get to where I wanted to get to and yeah, okay. be able to go overseas, go to the US, and mm. have a lot of fun over there and just experience different things. And hopefully, it would help me work out what I wanted to do with. Um, with myself and where to go. Yeah. What did your yeah.
1: family think of this? Considering how tight knit you were, what yeah. did they think?
2: That were yeah, they were very supportive. Um, to do that, my aunt and uncle was so I was gonna go basically fly over by myself. I think yeah, I was gonna fly over by myself, meet up with my aunt and uncle. Um, so they were all supportive about it. Um, and uh, but then my other uncle decided to come with me anyway, so we all flew up. We flew up together. Um. But yeah, it was it was good. We, our family help each other anywhere we can. Oh. So. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: And now, was that your first long haul flight?
2: Yeah, it was actually. Um, How I've was only, that? Before that, I only flew to Melbourne, I think, twice or something. Mm. Yeah, so right. Um, it was good. Uh, I like. I enjoyed the, the food and stuff. I, I was always up looking at what what was being brought up, and <laughs> I, I would find like cakes and everything everywhere. It was good fun. And I I can't sit in one spot, so for me, I had to keep walking around just finding things to do and because I could I could not handle just being that one spot for 14 <laughs> hours it was awful <laughs> yeah well, <wow. laughs> too yeah. long but um but once I finally got over there I was looking forward to just getting there and um it was nothing was playing I'm just going to go to LA for 11 weeks and um then just fly and drive to wherever we wanted to go to whenever we could and just experience it just get away from um LA for a bit it was good I loved it what yeah.
1: was it like being in LA <laughs> Sounds completely different. It
2: is different. Um, it was cool. But I, we did a couple of touristy things, but then I thought, it's actually not as cool as what you think it is when you, mm-hmm. those touristy like going down um, Hollywood Boulevard and stuff like that. But it was great. I love doing that kind of thing. But then we, what we um, I started doing was every day we'd go and try out local restaurants, um, cafes, just hanging out like just like a local. Um, and then on Mondays and Tuesdays, we found out there's a, um, a couple of venues that have, um, live gigs and every week they have a fe- fit different featured artists so i would go and see um one week we'll do it every week so we became like regulars there for after 11 weeks mm-hmm. we knew the locals um mm-hmm. but then um we went and saw there's i'm not sure if you guys are aware of uh, bad bad finger the band okay. bad finger mm-hmm. um they they were huge back in the uh, in the 60s and um they had some of the songs they um they sang were the Beatles songs, so okay. the Beatles had written them, but they weren't good enough for them. So then they sang it mm. and it became huge. There you um, go. Yeah. So so um, they were there one night. Then Alice Cooper's band were there one night. It was all different bands every week. It was cool, and I loved it. That was my my type of thing. That's why I love it. Like not I like it because there's always something to do every night. And at two o'clock in the morning, if you're bored, you just go to a diner mm. and just um. I guess and eat and that's what my lifestyle. I, I enjoy that kind of thing, and mm. I wish LA was like that a little bit more. We're getting there, but it was. Um, that's the one thing I love is just always being around. And the timing was just before I went. Prince passed away, so um, and my auntie and uncle loved Prince. So when I got there, I got to go to his um, uh, state memorials, uh-huh. and uh, Stevie Wonder played there, and um, a few other big artists as well were there. So the timing was great, and I got to see. I'm not sure if you guys ever watched Purple Rain, right. the movie. Um, with a, It was Prince's movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, that we got to see in a theatre. Um, I can't remember the name of the theatre, but it was actually the theatre that one of the scenes was filmed in. So they had it. It was like a proper concert hall, and they had it playing. It was like you're watching – because the Purple Rain is like a concert,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: they're actually playing it through the proper speakers and everything. It was incredible to watch. And when he comes on stage in the movie – the whole crowd in the actual theatre we were at that night was um, went crazy. Mm. They were screaming like it was actually on stage. So it was an incredible experience. And that mm. was just one of the most, um, one of the memories, like the most incredible memories I've had on that trip. And that was just in the first week.
1: Wow, I, there is so much more to go on this trip. I'm so excited. I'd love going on journeys. Uh, this is Life First with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Johnny. We'll be back straight after this. <laughs>
3: Hey, did you know this show is available in video too? You can find it at rawcut.com.au. Thanks for joining us on Life
0: Burst with Sarah and Matt. We are chatting to Johnny. Johnny is uh, having a
2: great time in LA mm-hmm. and uh, mm. living life. It was good. Um, it was just, I just wanted to get away because I've never been away. I was 21 years old. It was it was, uh a lot of finals, first time just with my auntie and uncle. So mm-hmm. away from my parents, away from my brothers, which was different for me. And mm-hmm. it, it was, um, it changed me a lot as well because seeing life differently. And um, we went, as we were talking earlier, I went to see a lot of bands when we were over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we went to Vegas a couple of times, just a couple of uh, five day trips. We had some friends up there and it was cool. Uh, the strip was the, the casinos and stuff. Like that. everyone thinks it's, it's amazing. I like I liked it because my personality, I love going out and being um, a night. I'm a night kind of person. So when it hits 10 o'clock at night, I'm ready to, to go and do mm-hmm. something. And I've got a lot, another burst of energy. So for me, Vegas is one of those type of places because it doesn't finish until like 6 a.m. in the morning. So um, it was good. So we went out there for a couple of times. Um, and then when I ca- we, um, in, when we went to L.A., I um, we met someone at a cafe. They found out I was a barista. They had Australian coffee there, so they um they're like, Do you wanna to come we to have a, an Australian day at our cafe? So they, they said, Do you wanna come just make coffee just for a bit of fun? So I'm like, alright, why not? So my auntie and uncles um, played there as well, so I had an Australian themed day at the cafe. No. An Australian band, Australian coffee, and Australian barista. So it was that was a cool experience, just seeing what it was like, how they work over there and just making a few coffees. Um but that was, it was all those type of experience I had on that trip was incredible. And then when I came back to Adelaide, I didn't want to go back to work. Mm. <laughs> I was, came back in June and then I was talking to my brother. He was about to turn 30 and he was like, I want to go to America again for my 30th and spend it in Memphis. Um, so I was like, I'll do it with you. Why not? <laughs> he, lo- he loves BB King. So he goes, my thing is <clears throat> we can do whatever we want. Uh, whatever you want, we'll go wherever but the main thing is we're in Memphis on my birthday in Indianola where BB King was um, born, and uh, that's where he's buried now. So we spent the day there, and then everything else, we, um, we just we booked around those dates. So we went to, straight to Memphis. Another 11 weeks we did it in America. Mm-hmm. So did 22 weeks within 12 months in uh, the U.S., um, but it was a good experience. That one there was crazy because we went to um, Memphis for nine days um, and we didn't even get to try all the restaurants we wanted to because we were eating three, four times a day just to try and get to everywhere, <laughs> try the fried chicken, try the bacon, the catfish. That's a good uh, goal. The, yeah, the ribs. We're trying to try everything we could, um, but we couldn't get there. We still had lots to tick off our list and we couldn't get it even in nine days. Um, but it was great. We went, did that. They went to, um, went to Nashville, New Orleans. We accidentally booked it, um, during the Mardi Gras. We had no idea that was on. And that's a different experience altogether. Mm-hmm. In uh, in New Orleans, um, there's just a massive party. You've got all these different things going, masquerade things and um, parties in the street. And we didn't realize that we um, were getting woken up about 10 o'clock some nights. We could hear people talking out of our, um, outside our window. And we found out that it was ghost tours. We we're living we we're staying in the most haunted hotel in um in New Orleans. So that was a great experience. What and after fun. that we we left the uh, the light on every night after yeah.
1: that. <laughs> but,
2: that's it, we're leaving the light on for the next couple of nights. Um yeah, then from there we went to New York and it was minus ten degrees. All I wanted to do was see uh snow, but we found out that it was too cold for snow. So Aww. there you go. So it was a ter- terrible <laughs> weather, but it was a that was a good experience as well. So being able to go there and just
1: what so you like New York or LA better
2: I think New York's LA's is, is a different one it's very um very touristy and it, New York is as well but the it's a lot more real in New York compared to LA there's a lot of fake things in it like LA is a bit more fake than New York for my, me personally and uh, I like New York for um it was really cool there's a lot of different areas you go to um and we went went to obviously Central Park, going for a walk through there, having hot dog and all those type of touristy things. I, like, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff as well. But um
1: is it as busy as what they make it out to be on the movies?
2: Yeah, it is. I almost got hit by um, a taxi because I looked the wrong way. I looked right, and all I hear is beeping, and I saw the traffic coming. I'm like, oh geez! <laughs> but it's always beeping everywhere in New York, like you see in the movies. It's, it's identical. Um And yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a nice place. Obviously, I wish we could go back there now, but. Hopefully soon we can go back to to America, and New York, and um, yeah, it was it was good. And then from there I went to Seattle, which I didn't think would be the, my favorite place to go to, but I actually really enjoyed it. It was a nice place. Because um, my brother loves grunge, so we grew up listening to Chris Cornell, um, obviously Nirvana, and uh, all those bands growing up. Um, so for, to go for us to go there and see. Um, where Coco Bain, we drove past where Coco Bain lived, um, and, uh, all the other iconic locations. We missed out on going to where Bruce Lee's buried because they closed the gates at a certain time and they ch- closed it earlier than normal. So we didn't get to go see him unfortunately, but it's, a, it was cool. And then, um, then from there I went to Vancouver, saw some family for nine days, then went to Vegas, caught up with some friends that we, I made from the previous trips I went to. Um, and then from there, went to um, Disneyland Disneyland for a couple of days. What an amazing trip. That was good. But didn't end there because we thought, well, if we're going to do all that traveling, we need to go and relax at the end of it. So we did another <laughs> we did another six or seven days in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. On the way home. That's it. And yeah. then we thought, well, we can't come straight back home. We have to kind of ease into coming back home. So we went to Sydney for a couple of days as well. And then we came home and then hit reality. So mm. we wanted to ease into it. So the, um, Hawaii was great. I um, got through a couple of my fears over there as well. I'm, I'm scared of water. I can't swim. I swim like a rock, straight to the bottom. <laughs> and um, we uh, did stand up paddleboarding. Was part of the tourist thing. Um, we, got, we wanted to do, check out all the, the North Shore and all that. And I said, I don't want to do that. I said, well, I'm happy to just sit out of that. Um, but when they, they kind of convinced me to do it, they said, you ha- "Well, you got to do it. Just come do it. Um, we'll put a, you can put a life jacket on." And when I tell people that, they're like, you're an idiot putting a life jacket on. But I'm like, <laughs> I had to. I couldn't. So as soon as mm. I got onto the um, stand-up paddle board, I started shaking. The nerves came in. I fell off, fell in the water. Even I had the best time, I was like, mm. couldn't breathe. And I was mm. slapping away. Mm. And then um, the guy helped me back on the board. And after that, I kind of got over. it. And the whole way through down the river, all the way through to the um, the ocean, we were, I was relaxed. Did not fall off once. It was one of the best experiences, and you just could switch off. There was, like, no electronics. It was good. It was just... It was a good experience doing that.
1: Isn't stand-up paddleboarding hard?
2: It is at the start, but then afterwards, it's it's easy. Um, well, I say it's easy, but mm-hmm. it's, it's relaxing because you're just standing there on top on the, the board. As long as you've got a board that um, uh, doesn't wobble as much, it's, a couple of them are stable, some of them are not stable. Um, so... It depends on how they're weighted. So mm-hmm. the one I had was good. And I had the vest on. So if I fell in the water, I was going to be all right. And then um, after that, we went to do um, a snorkeling. So I'll put a vest on for that as well because I can't float. And the instructor took us out into the um, – helped me because I couldn't swim far. So he wanted me to see the uh, all the fish, um, tropical fish and all that. So I went out. Did that and I came back was, that was good to see. I enjoyed doing that type of stuff. Things I would never think of. And um, yeah, so when I came back to Adelaide, I was a different person. My confidence was better and um, I had things lined up to do um, radio school. So that was before going to America, I decided I wanted to get uh, into radio. So I thought I'll enroll for radio school. So when I come back, hopefully my confidence will be a bit bigger and I'm ready to go and um, to do that because it it was, I thought it was a good on-flow thing and it actually worked out really well for me. Um,
1: so can you swim now?
2: No, I can't. With a, with a, um, with a vest, I'm with all right, vest? but other than that, just yeah. Just kind of
1: paddling along.
2: Yeah, I can't. I don't road. know what it is. I can't get myself to float.
1: Is it just like yeah. your legs and your arms <laughs> moving at the same time? Or? I don't know what <laughs> it either? is. I,
2: just, I don't think I... I don't know what it is. I just think I, I didn't... When I didn't learn as a kid, but then always had that fear of it and then now when i get in there i tried once i was doing it right but after a while i just kicked went back to the original johnny and couldn't couldn't swim again but i don't know what it is but yeah i do like it i like the water i love the beach from there every summer even now i still go for walks to the beach i love it but for swimming wise i can't i can't do it yeah there well, <laughs> yeah, okay well. well we've been traveling with johnny we
0: <laughs> <Yeah>, have <very laughs> more
2: of his story
0: <laughs> still to come here on Life Burst with sarah and matt
3: In Australia, juvenile arthritis affects one in 1,000 children. It's a silent yet common condition. Kids Arthritis is here to help support these children and their families. To help them, go to kidsarthritis.org. This has been a raw cut community service announcement.
1: This is Life Bus with Matt and Sarah, and we're chatting with Johnny. Johnny has just come back from another trip to America and all of the amazing experiences that you have had, but you've lined up to go to radio school. Tell us about that.
2: Well, yeah, I decided I wanted to get into entertainment media somewhere, so I wanted to see how I can get into it and what actually it involves, because I had no idea about not as much of an idea about what radio and that is like and I wanted to know what roles there were and what I would, what would best suit me because I had no idea. But um, I knew it was something I wanted to get into and I loved the the whole idea of live entertainment. Um, being around it with my auntie and uncle playing in bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have always wanted to do that. So I thought I'll enroll for it and I thought it was great to do it when I got back because I'm going to be excited from the trip. Um, so it was a good on, on like an on-flow effect from that trip. I was on a, like buzzing on a high. Yeah. I was going to say, you yeah. keep
1: on that same level of a high. Yeah. I was on a bit. high.
2: So when I came back, I did that. And when I did was... you come down? <clears throat> Actually not for a very long time. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because once
2: I did that, it was, that was with Sean Craig Murphy. So it's the Australian radio school is, mm-hmm. um, a thing that he does on the side of when he's on, um, on air on radio in, in Adelaide. He's one of, one of the, uh, the best known um, announcers in South Australia. So to do the school with him was cool, and you get to meet different people. Um, <clears throat> so when I um, I saw that I enrolled for it, I was nervous because I was still, even though my I'm used to meeting new people, got over that um, th- that fear and stuff, but it was still kind of kicked in again, and mm-hmm. it was being able to network with people and meeting new people. That was my goal. I wanted to um, start getting into that um, habit of meeting new people and just starting, to, starting new conversations and stuff. So it was good. I did that for, I think it was 12 or 14 weeks and then <clears throat> once that finished, I decided I want to do more. So he had a, a lot more courses to do and I, it was a little bit expensive for me to do but I thought, you know what? I saved a lot of money on those trips I did from um, the budget I had so I thought, you know, well, I'm gonna just do this and I'm having a lot of fun. Mm. Um, so I did another two or three more courses. So I did four in total. And what um, were
1: they? What, take us So he's he got was? an
2: introduction to radio school. So that tells you a little bit about um, what different roles are in radio. Um, so you learn about announcing, you learn about being a producer, um, content directors, what they do, uh, and all the other different areas as well with sales and little bits of everything. And he gets people mm. to guest speakers to come in and chat. Um And it's a very cool thing to do and you get to practice a little bit as well. So we did one thing, we had to write an ad um, and then another one we had to do like an interview with someone and then at the end of it you do a demo. Um, So that was cool and then from there I met someone else that was at um, a community radio station in the Adelaide Hills, uh, Hills Radio. So from there I contacted Hills Radio and I wanted to be involved. Um, actually it actually took me a little while because it was an hour away. So I thought, I don't really want to drive an hour um, every once a week or whatever it is. Mm. So I put off for a little bit. And then after a while, there wasn't as many um, opportunities because it all depends. A lot of it, people were wanting to get the radio. So it's very hard to get um, mm. opportunities. Mm. But I decided to go for Hills Radio. And then I did I got in there and did a music show um, once a week. Playing my favourite rock music and I was just sharing experiences from my trips overseas and um, all that kind of... Uh, what
1: was it like the first time that you went live on radio? Oh, it was
2: terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the best. Um, I remember playing a song and then I accidentally... Um, so I, I decided to use the CD because I was a little bit easier than uh, using the uh, the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I pressed play on the wrong one, so a different song started and I forgot mm. to turn the microphone off and then it was it was. Crazy, but it was it was good fun and um, the adrenaline rushing through. It was I enjoy that um, that part of it? And uh, now I'm a lot better than that. I've been doing for three or four years now. So, but then I moved on to another course um, while doing that, and it was pure announcing. So that was basically just working on your announcing skills and um, different forms of it: doing solo, doing it with someone, um, and then also um, did a masterclass. So. Got to work with some. You would, Sean would chuck you in a group with two other people you don't really know that well, mm-hmm. and you got four weeks to produce a breakfast show. Mm. So it's a bit like a. I love games and I'm very competitive. So for me, it was I treated it like that, and it was um pretty cool. I got to um be in a group with someone that um she's a a wife of an ex footballer, so that was really cool. And then she wanted to just get into radio as well, and uh, another girl that's now. Um, works in commercial radio in a breakfast time slot. She was also in my group, so was, you get to work with different people that um, that end up going on to like big things. It's it's cool. You meet a lot of people at the beginning stages where you are, and that's the one thing I loved about radio school. When, um, and um, to this day, I still keep in contact with Sean and still catch up. And um, he and then actually it turned out he uh, introduced me to someone um, at. Um, triple M where he was working in promotions and -hmm. I got a job um, on the street team there so um, that was during that period as well so my high just kept on going up and up Mm. so I finished the courses in November and then in December I started my first shift there so it just kept on flowing Um, and then within six to seven months I got a job in the office So and then between that I was at Hills Radio and I got started a sports show there as well Um, and then I also started commentating soccer at uh, Hills Radio, so my busy schedule, and I was um, emceeing the LA Giants, or uh, LA by Baseball Club at that point, they were called, um, yeah, so it was really cool, and then, so there's a lot going on for me, and I'm juggling, and is I was, so yeah, much. and I was juggling that between working at Chibo as well, um, uh, working at the cafe, so it was just a lot going on, so I'd wake up early, start at 6 o'clock at the cafe, then I'd um, drive up to, um, some days i will do 6 or 6, and then, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays I'll have the radio school then I was doing um driving up to Hills Radio for an hour in between all that so I was having naps in my car sometimes yeah. just to to give me give me some energy to get up there so um it was really cool and then I got a job in the office um at Triple M doing promotions I was coordinator um it was different to what I wanted to do because I wanted to be more on, on air producing so I did that for a couple of years, and um, but I also got to get hands-on experience doing producing as well, mm-hmm. so that was cool, um, doing that kind of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, so I produced some sports shows there as well, some, um, and then just recently I decided, because I was loving doing this, um, all the sports stuff at um, Hills Radio, so I do my sports show every week there, and I also do soccer commentary as well, so I, I kicked that off, um at Hills Radio because I've always wanted to commentate soccer and there wasn't as many opportunities out there in Adelaide as there might be in Sydney and Melbourne because we're a little bit behind with the live streaming and stuff here in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. So it's getting there now, but at that point, it was still not as many opportunities. So um, I wanted to um, do it. So I spoke to um, Chris, the general manager, and I said, I want to start doing commentating. So we got one date available and I so let's do this one day and I spoke to the local clubs got them on board and um I pretty much I didn't know as much about commentating back then but I just wanted to give it a go and I couldn't find anyone to commentate with me so I had to drag people that had no idea about soccer with me. Right. just I need someone to talk to yeah. as long as we just talk about the game for 90 minutes that's that's all um that's all right I'm happy to get by with that so we did that chucking the gen- the president of the soccer clubs as well to chat to so it was more of a like a conversation as the game was going, but trying to commentate as well. But also the, the guy sitting next to me is trying to learn the game as we go on. <laughs> so I'm trying to teach him right. the game, talk about the game, commentate. So it was <laughs> a little bit different at the start. And then um, as the time went on, I met more people and we got um, a couple of other commentators on board. So um, now I've got a whole team of commentators. So I've got about four, or, about four or five people that can commentate and we rotate. So I'm always the main one doing it every week. And uh, this is the first year we've actually um, doing it every, every home game now for the Adelaide um, the Hills Hawks. So I commentate um, every home game. And we've also done it on their live stream as well. So you can listen to us on the radio, but you can also, when you watch it live stream online, you can hear our broadcast. Because mm. they started mm. doing live streaming the games, but with no commentary. So it was very quiet. So mm. I said, we all got together and we're like, let's try and get see if we can hit, uh, sync it up. And that was one of my goals, and I'm starting to tick my goals off again. So yeah, brilliant! Yeah, I think this is always a
0: volunteer, is it? This is that's like, all volunteering. It's yeah, all through community yeah. radio, and uh, yeah,
2: it's a, it's a great uh, learn, um, great stepping stone. Community mm, radio. Mm. Um, a lot of people think, oh, why are you volunteering? Because you're doing it for free." But without doing that, you don't get the experience, and you talk to a lot of the people that are actually in the industry. A lot of them come from volunteering right. or mm. or doing jobs they even start out jobs and make no money like less money than what you would doing making coffees or um washing dishes or something so you got to start off um doing that kind of stuff to learn you learn the craft and i still got a little long way um not, not say long way but I've got a little, little way to go before i can start getting into that kind of um that feel because i want i love the producing aspect of it as well preparing for the games Getting all the um the facts ready for all the announcers on the day and um setting up all the gear, so now I've do most of my stuff I'm doing now work wise as well is let it's led into me being able to work in um sport area as well. So brilliant, yeah. so
1: much passion,
2: yes, <laughs> so much
1: passion. I love it. We'll be back with more life bursts and Charlie's story straight after this. <laughs>
3: Raw Cut is also on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter with the handle Raw Cut AU.
1: This is Life Bus with Matt and Sarah. We're chatting with Johnny, and so Johnny, you've talked a lot about soccer. Do you yeah. play soccer?
2: No, I don't actually. It's why funny. are you so fluent
1: <laughs> then?
0: <laughs> I
2: did. I wanted to play as a kid, but okay. To be honest, I actually grew up watching football, so the uh, Aussie rules. So. I had no idea what soccer was until I was about what, 11 years old, I think it was. Um, I was walking the, walk my uh, my dog with my dad one day down the park and we saw people playing soccer. I'm like, what's yeah. that? And he's like, that's soccer. I'm like, oh, didn't know any of the rules. So he talked about it. And then um, one day I got free tickets to go and watch LA United. So I went there and I fell in love. And then ever since then I've been a member. Um, and then it just escalated from that. So. I played a little bit of indoor soccer, but not proper like um, properly for a club. Um, mm-hmm. I always wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of, yeah, because I loved it so much, but then it, it was pretty, it's not as loved by a lot of people. Like everyone's all about football, um, the, cricket and all those type of sports and even basketball. Um, but not many people love soccer. When I was going to school, no one liked soccer. So I kind of kept it to myself a bit, and every time I would talk about it, people would, um, uh, give me uh, not like uh, just joke about it a bit. So I kept it quiet, and then um, but now I've realised that's who I am. So I wanted to um, get it go down that path. Now I've always tried to go into when I was on the radio, um, get into like the music side of stuff and announcing, but I realized soccer is what I love, so I want to do more of it. And sport is what I love. So now I'm, um, at Triple M, I'm also doing some stuff um, with, their, with their footy broadcast, helping out in the tech side of stuff. I enjoy that hands-on kind of thing as well. So mm-hmm. doing some of that stuff, I'm involved in um, a soccer podcast there as well. I'm um, helping them out, helping record that. I do um, live streaming for, um, in Basketball SA as well for their um, their top league in South Australia. So I have video um video producer for that so i'm working in all that and i still do my volunteering at hills radio for my weekly sports show um do a sports podcast there as well and then we also do um the soccer commentary so i'm just indulging in sport and soccer now and that's um the last six months is it's um focusing on that and trying to get in that field now is has been a lot of fun because over the years i've wanted to get into it and then i kind of pushed it pushed it aside mm-hmm. and then now I've realized that's who I am so I want to go that way now and I'm loving it it's good fun I love to be a, a sports producer um, in, with soccer and the work with the soccer broadcast because I love love entertainment and anything can happen so things can go wrong mm-hmm. things in you know what it's like with radio and um, mm-hmm. with TV and all that It's things can happen you got to w- work on your feet and um, think on your feet and just um, yeah it's, it's good fun. And with soccer and, and and sport in general, is that it's just there's a lot of passion in. I'm full of passion. I just, I just, I'm very passionate about what I do. So working in um in that environment is just it's a lot of fun. And you, when you have fun, it's not really like you're working. So mm, that's it's right. good. Yeah. So um, but I'm just enjoying doing the the volunteering side of it as well. Just meeting different people and. Doing it every week and mm. yeah, working with some cool people and commentating. Yeah, I'm met some. I'm talking with the, like people in their fifties and stuff, and then some of my commentators. And normally people that big age gap, you wouldn't um, normally see those type of people getting along really well. But it was just, it's it's cool, and, I, and that's the one thing I enjoy about radio and media and stuff like that. Is um, different people and everyone everyone's very different in the, in the entertainment and media industry. and it's, it's never dull, so mm. that's a, it's a, a good thing about it, mm, yeah, so. Yeah. You can
1: see how all your skills from being surrounded by your grandparents a yeah. lot to then volunteering, well, working with all those volunteers that mm. were older in the cafe and how it's kind of all coming together.
2: Yeah, it is, sort of, yeah. So now, because volunteers are some of the most passionate people because they wouldn't do it if they, um, mm. they weren't passionate about it, so... Um, so I've seen that through, obviously working with the, those ladies in their 80s and 90s, and if they can do it in that that age, and then I can do it at 27. So, um, so that's why I'm just doing as much as I can now, because it's a lot of fun, and I, I think I will probably, I reckon when I'm retired and in my 60s or 70s, I'll ever make it that that far. I'll I would always want to be volunteering and doing something like that, even the soccer commentary or whatever it is, but still keep your um, keep a part of that, so it's it's a lot of fun, and I think if you do stuff like that, it just keeps everything real. Because um, there was a period where I slowed down on that area and started letting go of some of that volunteering, and it wasn't things was not the same anymore. So I now I've gone back and started doing more of that, and I've just noticed a big difference in my confidence, and um, yeah, in in a lot of different areas. So it's yeah, it's a lot of fun doing. It'd be so
1: refreshing to people who are listening, who might be very <laughs> passionate about volunteering, seeing a young person that is also super <clears throat> passionate about volunteering. What would you say to those people? It's not a final question, but what would you say yep. to those people who are like on the edge of, should I volunteer? Should I not volunteer? Yeah. Where,
2: I'd definitely say, there? yeah, definitely volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you want to get into, just look, look out for it. And if there's not an opportunity there, do, try and make one. Um, like I did with the soccer so I had Hills Radio there that I was able to do a sports show uh, sorry a music show but that turned into the sports show what I really wanted to do Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. just create the opportunity and just go and volunteer Um, I volunteer at the um, Hills Radio doing two three different things there and then also I volunteer at the LA Giants um, during the summer just in all different areas there so it's, it's a lot of fun mm. and um yeah it gives you a lot of energy and meeting a lot of different people as well is always fun mm. yeah so I, I recommend definitely just getting out there and definitely volunteering wherever you can whatever it is if it's that area or going helping charities or yeah um yeah so if i wasn't doing this i probably would do some of the charity stuff as well if i had more time mm. on my hands because going to a kitchen and helping cook or whatever yeah something like that it's always rewarding um and Radio is actually very rewarding as well because a lot of people use radio if they're lonely or need a bit of company. That, that turn on the radio and listen to that. It's always like a it's like a second friend um, mm. or first. You know, it's like a friend having there to listen to the radio. So community radio, doing paying your part for the community. So mm. it's it's a lot of fun. Love it. Yeah.
1: Now it is time for our final question, yes. the final one minute of our <laughs> show that we have left. One piece of advice for those who are joining us I today. Think-
2: the my biggest advice is knowing who you are because once you know who you are because I had issues with confidence and doubt doubting myself and um even just recently um so um doubting yourself and all that can come down to not knowing who you are so definitely know who you are if you know who you are I'm I love soccer I'm Johnny I love soccer mm-hmm. and uh, now that I know that I'm following that path and I um. Happy for it and I'm enjoying it. So definitely know who you are and follow that um, direction, and you'll be happy. Well, you'll definitely uh, enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Well, Johnny, who loves soccer, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Thank, you. thank you for being with us today
0: sharing your uh, journey your travels and uh, and the wisdom you learned yeah. along the way I really appreciate it thanks for having me
2: it's different being in front of a camera and not behind a mic <laughs> yeah,
1: i know it is You're done well <laughs> uh, this has been life Burst. Uh, you can catch up with us wherever you get your podcasts from and on facebook and youtube community radio and television as well i'm sarah
3: and i'm matt thanks again for joining us Life Bursts is hosted by Matthew Karat and Sarah Freeman, with production by Reese Jarrett and K. Hoshra Ozartigan. For more episodes of Life Bursts, go to rawcut.com.au. This is a rawcut production.